in episode nine of Tech It Up Talk. Tune in to a discussion with Ms. Tabitha Deli, a middle school math teacher who leverages technology to support her instruction and also shares challenges she's faced and how she finds creative ways to make an impact with her students. You ready? Here we go. The Tech It Up Talk podcast aspires to educate, inform, and inspire educators from teachers to school leaders on tips, tools, and resources to support the integration of technology into classroom instruction. You're listening to Tech It Up Talk with Dr. Mack, your host with the most passion for supporting educators from teachers to school leaders with the integration of technology into instruction. In today's show, I have a classroom teacher who will be sharing her experience, her challenges, her best practices, and using technology in her math classroom that, of course, can be also applied into other content areas. And many times on the podcast, we hear from instructional technologists, we hear from specialists, principals, and other leaders in education. So I'm excited to talk with a teacher who is in the classroom working directly with students during this pandemic. And after all, this podcast is all about supporting teachers and leaders with the end goal of supporting our students with positive outcomes and effective learning experiences. The voice of a teacher is necessary as they are the first level of support for our students. And my guest today is an awesome teacher who I often see going above and beyond for her students and creating amazing learning experiences through the use of technology in her math class. So I'd like to give a warm welcome to my guest, my special guest here, Miss Tabitha Deli. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you here, hear your voice and just to share your experience with other educators out there. So go ahead and take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, I'm Tabitha Deli. I'm a graduate of the University of Texas at Austin. Graduated with my degree in business marketing, left college and went into substitute teaching and that just sparked my passion for education. I've been teaching math for seven years now. I started in sixth grade pre-AP math, moved to eighth grade algebra. Um, I think eighth grade algebra is probably the best spot to be in um, in the math classroom. And also I got my master's from the University of Texas at Arlington in curriculum instruction for math. And I've I coach, uh, coached cheerleading. I've coached basketball. I'm on the tech team. I do a lot at my school. Um, So I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's interesting that you said that because, you know, I got my start similar to yours. Like when I was in college, I got my degree in chemistry. And so I wasn't looking to be in education at all. But when I had my son, I kind of switched careers. And so while I was uh, pregnant with my son, I was a substitute teacher. And so I would sub and that actually sparked my interest into becoming a teacher as well. So that's Interesting that you say that. And also, I, w- I was a cheerleader coach, too. Okay. <laughs> we have some things in common, right? Yes. So I, I hear you're doing a lot of things, which is really cool. And I'm glad to have you. We need educators like that out there that's doing different things and connecting with our kids. And so, the, but the goal for this episode is really to discuss your experience and your challenges that you may have faced during instruction and some best practices for technology integration that has worked for you. And of course, as we know, COVID-19 has had a major impact in education right now. And so many teachers have had to rapidly adjust their instructional practices, their instructional schedules from either face-to-face instruction to a virtual environment to hybrid and or concurrent teaching. 
environment. And so your knowledge and your experience can definitely help better inform other educators to enhance their instructional practices, their systems and their functionality during this time period. I want you to start with um, just sharing due to COVID-19, like what was your experience like in transitioning your instruction? Um, well, with me being in the algebra um, classroom, I kind of had access to Chromebooks before a lot of other teachers. So I already had access to use the, the hub, which we use in the district. So I already knew how to use that. So that I was lucky with that. But it definitely was a huge transition from because my classroom is very collaborative. I love for my students to be in groups. They sit in groups. I only do roles for testing. And I love for them to interact with one another. I actually prefer them to talk to one another before they come to me for help, because I feel like if they're able to talk and teach one another, then that means they know the content. Right. And so, for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely a huge adjustment from going from being um, so collaborative to finding assignments where they are still meaningful piece because now that they're on the camera they're very shy they don't want to they don't want to talk to one another <laughs> they just want to do their work on their own and just that's it right right yeah and so like when you had to change so you feel like you didn't uh has had a major impact in your transition when schools were quickly shutting down or was it easier for you it was easier for me because um especially since when schools originally shut down, it was in March. So we are already had that relationship with my students and I've already started putting them on the computer doing different things. And so, but I made myself available. I did, I had appointments if they wanted to talk to me one-on-one. I did live classes if they needed to. Um, and I just made sure for me, I made sure I had like anchor charts up. I had videos. I had so many different resources for them that it was an easy transition for them. Okay, great. And so with so with that, were, did you face any challenges for, um, with the pandemic? Uh, so what happened like after you had to now switch, especially in March with the shutdown to virtual mm-hmm. instruction? So what were some of the challenges that posed at that point? Um, definitely time management, learning that all over again, because, you know, once you've been in the classroom for so long, you have the worksheets, you have the activities, you're like, okay, I need these copies. And now it's like, everything is on a computer. And obviously you're not going to do the same thing that you did in the classroom. So trying to find a balance of giving them like an ordinary worksheet and giving them a different activity and making sure they still understand the content and are able to retain the information. And also it's just um, missing that being able to truly build that connection with the students mm-hmm. and being able to see their face because sometimes their face is what tells you if they really understand it because they may be doing the steps right, but they're still not 100% sure, but you can't right. see their face now. And you'll see social cues, yeah. Right. So um, I think those would have been, that's probably my main uh, challenge is just trying to find that balance of fun activities, but also, okay, you still have to do some drill and kill. Okay. So let's kind of talk about like, how are you using um, technology? Cause I know I, I see you doing different things on Twitter. And so I definitely want to share with our audience, especially because you are a math teacher. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that's usually an area as us as instructional technologists when we're supporting teachers, um, especially pre um, COVID, um, that it was harder for them to transition because they felt the need that everything had to be 
pen, pencil, paper uh, for it to be effective. So um, some of the things that you're doing in your math class would be great. So if you can just share how you were using or how you're using technology. Well, for notes, um, their interactive notebook is OneNote. I love OneNote because I can distribute the pages to them. It's quick, fast, easy. Um, also, they're able to write in OneNote. I can make it collaborative where I can say, okay, only these certain people can write on there. I can still go put stickers on their works, worksheets or like give them feedback and actually can write on it like it's a regular one um, worksheet. And also, I know if they're doing their notes because I can go to OneNote and look. So it kind of keeps that accountability there. Um, in class, Pear Deck, for sure. Um, it it saves me because I can actually see what they're doing and I can give them private feedback. I think even when we do transition to go back in person, I think I'll still use Pear Deck quite a bit because I'm able to give them that private feedback and I survey my students. They love that part of my class that they can get this feedback without anybody else knowing that they're not getting it or even just being able to give them their praises. Like you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Um, and also like I'm able to see um, my students because I have them circle like kind of like a temperature gauge. How do you feel about this problem? And so when I see that they're like, I'm not so sure I'm paying special attention to them to make sure that I'm guiding them through the through the problem. I use Edpuzzle um, for notes, try to flip my classroom a little bit. Um, so when they come into class, my instruction is way more intentional because I can focus on those misconceptions. Yes, yes. I just coming in like, I got to teach this from the beginning. No, I can really focus on, okay, this is where I know students mess up and these are the problems we're going to go over. Um, Flippity is a great website. Their scavenger hunt, I love it because you can put the problem in there and you can put a hint. And with the hint, it can be a video. It can just, you can put a picture, you can put text. And so when I use that, they have, without them having to come to me automatically, it's already embedded in the scavenger hunt. They have a bingo game on there that I've used. Um, so that, I love Flippity. And of course, Google Suite. I love to use Google Suite. Um, I like drag and drops on the Google Slides. Uh, the Excel, I love to do the uh, spreadsheets where it will light up if it's right or wrong. So it's a quick check for the students. So they know, OK, I did something wrong. Let me go back and um, fix that. And then um, I'm trying to use Flipgrid a little bit more to oh, get them talking. And so those are maybe the main tools I use. Um, but I'm always looking to like incorporate more tools into into my toolbox. No, like you're definitely using a lot out there, even just starting with the OneNote. Like I, I love the OneNote because it is collaborative. You can see what your students are doing in real time. And because you're in the math classroom and they do have the features where you can write the text. And one of the things I don't know if you tried it yet that I, uh, I found in OneNote that was really cool was the uh, math uh, assistant and where. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where you can like give a question. And what I like about it is that it could be an intervention for students who are struggling with yep. something and it can automatically mm -hmm. generate those uh, similar questions to support right. them. And you can, since you, since it's a collaborative document, you can see what they're doing and see if they actually went through the practice. And right. so those are one of the cool things. And so like for math teachers out there, if you aren't leveraging OneNote, I definitely say it's a great tool yes. to have in your toolbox um, because mm -hmm. of the different things that you can quickly, um, I guess, adapt to what you were doing right. in person, especially with the pen and paper and, and substitute that um, from, yes. from a, uh, yeah, from a paper and pencil to digital environment. Yeah, you also mentioned um, 
that you're using Pear Deck. And I think Pear Deck is great, especially if you're uh, teaching virtual or in person, because you can sequence your lesson. You were like just sharing some of the ideas of how you can still check for your students understanding in real time mm-hmm. and hold them all accountable um, at the same time. And that private feedback that you mentioned, I think that's amazing that you did that. So you're the first teacher I actually heard that used the private feedback component and had some okay. positive uh, results. So that, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and Ed Puzzle now, I'm a fan, like when you said Ed Puzzle and kind of flipping your instruction, like mm-hmm. I think that's how I got into technology. And um, it wasn't not as Puzzle specifically, but the idea of kind of maximizing your instructional time, because you said to be intentional and purposeful and you can pay more attention to what the needs are versus doing this whole group teaching all over again. So they come in with some type of background information um, where you can uh, really provide better support for them. And so these are, you may say these are just a few tools that you're using, but these are some awesome tools. And, you know, a lot of teachers may not have that many. They're trying to stick to uh, one way of doing things. And so, the, all the things you're doing is awesome. And so the flip beat, <laughs> I saw, I saw that one, t- that assignment you did. Uh, so I guess I saw something on Twitter where I think it was a flippity and they had to unlock. Was that where they had to? Okay. And yes, so that's the scavenger hunt. Yes. Scavenger hunt. Okay. Yes. And see, so you're making math fun. And yes. I think teachers miss out on the opportunity of having to do things the way they've been accustomed to doing for so long. And cause that's what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of, can you kind of share, like, how did you get to that point to start leveraging these different tools? Like, what was that transition like? Um, well, I actually went to high school for technology. So okay. I've, and my dad was in technology. So I've been a tech nerd all my life. Um, when they finally gave me a computer <laughs> and my students had computers, I was like, you just open the floodgates for me because <laughs> now I can do whatever I want. Um, and so. I feel I feel this generation, even though they are in the technology age, they don't understand technology, really. They understand their phone, right. but they don't understand how to use Google Slides, Google Docs, and how to really research on the internet and, and do all, use the technology for what it can, like, open doors. I don't feel they know how to do that. So for me, I was, I wanted to be that teacher to open them up yeah. to these tools. Because I'm like, I want you to see that there's so much more out there that you can do versus just saying, okay, we're just going to do it the regular way. I want to be that teacher that they come back and like, miss, you were my favorite teacher. You're the best teacher ever. Can you come to high school with me? So <laughs> that was my motivation. But, you know, I mean, that's a good point because not only are we just focusing on the content, we're also um, preparing our students for digital skills that they can use post-secondary uh, post um, if they go to college and into the job market. And so it's really preparing to be more marketable in our economy and have better chances at um, different opportunities because they're able to do different things. And with technology always changing, you can quickly adapt to uh, new things. And so like, because I started using technology so much, I'm, it's more comfortable for me to try a new tool and adapt to it because it's always changing and it's going to always continue to change. Right. Um, and so I think that is awesome. And it, it, like you said, they don't come to us with those skills. But as teachers, that's part of our role in kind of introducing that because they don't know because they've never been exposed to it or don't have right. to do it. And so the more teachers are exposing them, the more comfortable they'll be. And so you're in middle school. But by the time they get to high school, they'll have an easier those high school teachers will have an easier time. 
But even mm-hmm. at elementary level right now. So we're going to see, I think, a difference with a lot of the elementary teachers starting to use more technology mm-hmm. as they start to come to middle school. They're probably coming to middle school more prepared for you because now a lot of teachers are being forced to leverage technology in their classroom. So right. thank you for sharing that. Um, now, I also want to kind of talk about some systems that you may have in class. And, you know, having classroom systems is very important for Mm -hmm. structures that you can be able to facilitate all of these different activities. So what type of systems do you currently have to help support your instruction? Um, I kind of try to make it still like the traditional where they come in, they have a do now. I normally have music playing. um, And so they know um, by the time the song is over, they're supposed to be done. But also I I use a timer in Pear Deck. Because they may not know the song, because sometimes I like to play old school music and I'm like, (laughs) I know you don't know this. (laughs) um, I also um, I try to just stay with the same procedures. Like when I'm in class, I do a couple problems. They're telling me how they feel about the problems. Then it's your turn to show me what you know. And then, okay, now I'm doing something. Now it's your turn. I kind of keep that same routine just to make sure that they know, Okay, this is how it's going to flow. I, my work is always the same. They always have a learning path in the hub where it has videos, it has examples, it may even have anchor charts in there and then their assignment. So if they miss class, that not only can they watch the recording, they can look at the learning path and still be able to get what they need. Other systems is they know, um, I, I talk to them, I keep them up to date. My agenda slide always has, okay, this is what's coming up and this is what's due today. So it is pretty much like a regular classroom. Um, but now I have more access to them. So I'm, they're able to send me messages and I'm able to send them like an announcement, like, okay, guys, don't forget you need to do this. And I'm able to follow up with them, especially if I see a, a student was struggling, I'm able to follow up with them privately um, if I don't have time in class. Right. And so I like that. So I heard a few things in that. And so the first part you talked about was automating your your system. And so what I'm hearing you say is that when your students come to your class, they don't have to necessarily wait for you to start the instruction. So you have a process that even though you're playing music and kind of bringing that joy factor to your students that they already know what to expect. So they're not we're not wasting instructional time at this point trying to get started. And I see a lot of teachers um, trying to wait for everyone to get in to start the meeting and you start losing that instructional time. So mm-hmm. automating your um, classroom is definitely beneficial. Um, and then you talked about the hub, which I know is for those who are listening, that's their learning management system that they're they're using for instruction. So if you're in whatever learning management system you're doing, she's saying that she, you're, you can leverage your learning management system to um, have a, a system in place. And so, and communicate with your kids and send messages, mm-hmm. make announcements. So, even if we weren't in the set, in the situation um, before COVID, these were still best practices to do to really enhance what you were already doing. So often we rely on the live component of mm-hmm. instruction for our students to um, have, have access to. And we don't think about how we can really capitalize on the technology to kind of extend ourselves beyond our classroom walls. And right. so I definitely appreciate you um, sharing that. Okay, so, so we can move on to... Um, what type of support, I guess, do you have access to to kind of help you? I mean, I know that you are in technology and mm-hmm. um, you're, you're probably researching uh, different tools that you can use. But what type of support do you have to kind of help support you through the process? Well, I have my bills coach, Ms. Hurst. She does a wonderful job of helping me. And I'll send something to her I'm like, have you seen this? Do you know how to do this? 
I need to learn how to do this. Okay. And then she was like, I'll get back to you. So she's been a great support. Um, actually, my other tech team members, they're great too, because it's some things that I may not use as much and I can go to them and we bounce ideas off each other. Like the biology teacher, we're always talking. And she's like, oh, I didn't think about that. And then she'll give me an idea. But I didn't think about that. And then also um, the magnet coordinator in my school, she's a great person for me to be able to just go talk to. Like, I, I just need someone to hear this. And tell me if my thinking is right or tell me if I need to, like, change something. And so they've been my main support um, with with everything. And so it's it's awesome that I can have that because I know everybody doesn't necessarily have that in their corner. But um, and then also just the fact that, you know, in my school, they they let us do our lesson, like, you know, they give us the time to plan. And they're like, okay, look, we want you to. The only um, non-negotiable is you're using Pear Deck. That's the only non-negotiable they have for us. But everything else, they're like, we want you to run and do what you can with your students and, you know, do what's best for them. Right. I, I like that. And so um, I, I hear you say you have a coach. And so mm-hmm. and some teachers may or may not have a coach that they have at their campus to support mm-hmm. them. But I also heard you say that you connect with other educators at your school that aren't necessarily in your department. And so having that personal learning network, I think is really important. Um, and you know, just me seeing you on Twitter and seeing other teachers on Twitter and uh, even using Twitter as a, a part of your personal learning network, to get bounce ideas off of and have those conversations and also being um, humble enough and vulnerable to say, Hey, I still need to learn some other things or uh, I'd like to see what you're doing, get some feedback so that you can give your best self to your students and give uh, a better learning experience for them. And so I, I appreciate that. And I hope our listeners can kind of take that back and say, you don't have to be an island by yourself and that right. you can have the support and reach out, um, whether it is directly at your campus, whether it's connecting mm-hmm. with someone like us. Of course, we're going to share our information that can connect with us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you guys are in the, in the social media world. But finding that personal learning network, I think is very key for teachers to help support them, especially during a time like now. Yes. So Speaking of our time now, so like we're in a pandemic. And so I want to know, and I kind of want to ask this question to multiple teachers, but I want to know how do you feel the pandemic has, what impact has it had on your instruction? Do you feel like it was a positive or a negative impact? I feel like it's positive in the sense of, like I said, I'm way more intentional now with my lessons um, because I know most of my students are virtual. They don't want to sit there and listen to me talk that long. So I'm way more intentional with what examples I'm doing, what assignments I'm giving, um, because I can't do because I can't give them homework like I used to because they're already sitting at home in front of the computer this whole time. And so it's definitely made me reflect on my personal instruction and how what I'm doing. And so I, I feel like it's positive in that sense. The only negative I see is I feel like I'm too available now. I don't have that. It's hard for me to have that cut off. Like my students send me a message on the weekend needing help. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to, but I'm like, no, I want to make sure they got it. They understand. And so then I'm always on the computer or on my phone. So I really have to find that balance. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm getting better because I told the students over Christmas break, I said, look, I'm taking the break. (laughs) Y'all are taking a break. I need a break too. (laughs) I said, we can talk when we go back on Monday. So that's just, um, so it, it's both positive and negative. 
Well, yeah. So, I mean, and that's and that's a real thing. I think a lot of us, um, no matter what field you're in, are experiencing that we're finding ourselves on the computer. I feel like when uh, we were shut down and um, no one was going to campuses, that I was on the computer all day, all night, didn't take a break. And I was working harder than I've worked before prior to the pandemic. And I think that's a lot of people can resonate with that and having to find that balance and still take care of ourselves so that we can right. still be our best selves for our students. And so I think that's awesome that you shared that because that's a, a real reflection mm-hmm. of um, of our current time and yeah. trying to figure that out. It's, it's a new normal. And mm-hmm. I know um, when things settle down that I don't think we're going to see uh, education the way it was before. It'll be um, completely enhanced or look a, little, a lot different and see different right. opportunities. And so I think that's some of the positive things that I've noticed. But I was always curious on what a teacher would feel about the pandemic and their instructional practice. So Uh, Thank you for sharing. And so we're going to move to our next segment of the show, which I like to call Get Your Tech Together. And so in this segment, I just want you to share some specific tools that you think that other teachers should have in their digital toolbox. Pear Deck for sure, Um, especially math teachers, because I know you want to see their work. Pear Deck (laughs) for sure. And Puzzle, because... You don't even have to make the videos. It's so many videos out there. And then a lot of time they already have the questions embedded in there. So you don't even have to worry about having to make up the questions. I definitely think you should know how to work at least Google Slides, Google Docs, um, because if you want to do a presentation with the students, um, especially when they're using Chromebooks, Google's, um, the Google Suite is a lot easier to use than the Microsoft Suite. And then, OneNote, I definitely suggest OneNote because um, like I said, it's, it's a great tool. It's, it's quick, it's, it's like, one thing is in class, we're used to passing out copies. OneNote, you're able to do that. If you were like, oh, I need to give them this, you can just hurry, put it in OneNote and distribute it to everybody. So I think those would be the main tools in Google Forms because people don't understand how, how great Google Forms is. <laughs> Because, you know, we make mistakes sometimes. And if you make a mistake, you can go back and fix the answer key and it automatically changes the grade for you. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think those few tools will be great. Awesome. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move to our tech smackdown, our last part of the show. And before we go, pretty much in this segment, what we do is just provide tips for teachers to support each other. And so it could be the technology or it could be a best practice or just some encouragement, if you like. So I would like you to share some of your tips or your top three tips that you think other educators should hear in support of their instruction. Okay. Well, one, I feel you definitely should build a relationship with your students, um, especially in a time like this. Just really get to know them that first week of school. I spent the whole time doing like getting to know you activities. I didn't do any math instructions. It was it was all getting to know you, like what's your favorite things, what's your type favorite type of music and them getting to know me as well. Um, The second thing is be flexible. Now, more than ever, you have to just be able to roll with the punches. You may go into class and the kids be like, I got this. Okay, be happy. (laughs) Take that win. And sometimes you may go in and the lesson isn't going that great. But be flexible and be able to readjust. Don't let it uh, don't let it affect you too much because I've gone in and I'm like, okay, they're not getting this. And I'm like, okay, let me readjust real quick. 
And I had to switch up real quick from a Pear Deck to a Word document and draw on a Word document and, and go into that to make sure they got it. So you just have to be ready to do whatever to make sure your students are good. And then I'll say one of my last things is with all when we first went into this pandemic, it was so many tools out there. And you're like, oh, I got to learn this. I got to learn this. I got to learn this. Just choose one or two, master those, and then add more into your toolbox. Though it, It's better just to get one or two first than trying to learn five different tools and then you're not using them effectively. Right. Oh, I think those are great tips. And so hopefully our listeners who are joining us in the podcast, if you could just connect with us and tell us which tip you thought um, Tap at the Gate was the best and supportive and just give us some feedback and connect with us. And speaking of connection, a tap that you could just share uh, how others can be a part of your learning network. That'll be great. Um, yes, you can contact me on Twitter at Miss Deli. Um, it's on the banner is M-S-D-E-L-L-E-Y. And um, that's mostly where I am is on Twitter. I tweet about what I'm doing and um, I'll respond. All right. Yeah, I think um, Tabitha has some awesome things and she's a, definitely a great partner, especially if you're a math teacher out there and how you can leverage technology to support your classroom. And so be sure to connect with her on Twitter. And so thank you again, Tabitha, for joining us. It's been thank a pleasure you. to have mm-hmm. you and I hope we can have you on again as a, a guest and share some other ideas. And so thank you for being part of the show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Tech It Up Talk podcast with Dr. Mack, your host with the most passion for supporting educators on using and implementing technology. Be sure to connect with me on the Tech It Up Talk Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram at Tech It Up Talk or at Dr. J.E. McDonald. Now, I know teching may not always be easy, but it sure is fun.